Hey, this is Joel Kamm, New York Times bestselling author and creator of the number one bestselling iFart Mobile. You're listening to the App Guy podcast with Paul Kemp. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp, and this uh, podcast has taken me on a wonderful journey. And uh, I've really had uh, an opportunity to meet some really inspiring uh, individuals, some founders of great apps. Now, I have to say that this next uh, founder is is an inspiration to me because uh, he's uh, done something rather unusual, which has changed my life. And he's done that through his awesome app. It's one of the most mentioned apps on this show. I'm absolutely thrilled to have him. His name is Tony Stubblebein, and he is the founder and CEO of Lyft. Lyft is the app that I use the most frequently. And I'm looking at my check-ins now, Tony, and I've got almost uh, 100 check-ins for the waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning. And uh, I've got over 100 check-ins for the paleo diet. And uh, I've uh, got about the same for uh, the morning exercise that I do. So uh, thank you for building such an awesome app. And welcome to the App Guy podcast. I'm glad to be here. Uh, props for you on the exercise and the paleo diet. Uh, I hope also that getting up at 5 a.m. is uh, good for you. But I, that's not, you know, that's not our pitch to all of your <laughs> listeners. Like, here's an app that will force you to get up early and lose out on sleep. It's uh, optional. That's an optional goal on left. Yeah, I was going to say it's not the best uh, pitch that I've done for the app. You know, I mean, I, I can only imagine that attracts about five percent of uh, people listening. But uh, I, actually, I was, I did, I was looking at our most popular goals on Lyft. Uh, you know, Lyft has almost two hundred thousand different active goals, but you know, it sort of follows the power law, and so you get to learn about um, what people really want to do in life. And there's a lot about sleep. Uh, about half of the people are trying to get up early and the other half are trying to not stay up late, uh, which I think they're related. Well, this is interesting. So we're going to have to go through your top five, um, the the most a- active uh, habits that you have. Because, uh, I, mean, I mean, anyone listening, I, I just feel like you could pause the podcast. If you if you haven't used Lyft, go and pause the podcast now, download it and come back to it because it it's basically a habit-forming app. So... What are the you know the, the top uh, habits then, Tony? So I'm going to pull them up right now because uh, you actually learn a lot about people. Um, so the top five go, go, number one, drink more water, which you think of as this, I think of as this incredibly trivial goal. But I think a lot of people choose it because it's easy. And uh, I think it actually it tells you something about uh what we would call the science of behavior design. That, uh, you know, if you have a goal, in order to do it, you're going to have to actually practice in order to achieve that goal, right? That's what, you know, you have to make a behavior change. And we think of our job as helping you be superhuman by helping you make those changes in your life. And uh, one of the things that correlates to success is uh, uh, any momentum. You know, like, and so drink more water by being a very simple goal. It, I think it gives a lot of Lyft users uh, momentum. It's followed by second most popular, um, uh, probably what most people would have guessed, uh, to exercise. Uh, looks like it has you know more than one hundred seventy-seven thousand people tracking that. Fourth is read, and fifth is meditate. 
Um, or third is read and fifth, fourth is meditate and fifth is sleep by uh, midnight. I, I know when I first saw this list, I was surprised by how high meditate was up in that list. And I just think like what we're seeing there is a goal that's becoming more uh, mainstream and just no one realizes it yet. Yeah, I mean, I've had some uh, guests on the show uh, many episodes ago that we were talking about meditation. In fact, I did a uh, meditation app with um, as a joint venture partnership with one of the guests. And I think it is becoming a lot more uh, attractive. Have you got any sense of why people are bringing meditation into their lives? Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, in fact, we, started, we're, we got so interested in meditation that we started writing a book on it. And the hook that that got to us was we were meeting people who think of meditation as uh, a performance practice. So it's sort of like, how do you, you know, a lot of people go to the gym to train their body, but what do you do to train for mental strength? And it turns out that meditation is one of the ultimate ways that you can train mental strength. It trains uh, awareness, it trains control of focus, and it trains for uh, calmness, which puts you in a better a better state for you know using your brain optimally, and uh, so you know it's like I always thought of meditation as a spiritual practice, and it's still completely valid to treat it as a spiritual practice. But then I started running into professional athletes, to hedge fund managers, to entrepreneurs who were telling me that meditation was a competitive advantage, and that's when it kind of dawned on me that. Like it is like it's creeping into um, kind of a more you know pragmatic segment of the population. Right. Okay. Because uh, you're actually talking to a bunch of indie app developers and uh, yeah. entre entrepreneurs. And do you have any sense? You know, when you get these uh, lists together, uh, you can see which which are most popular. So, for for example, meditation. Can you actually segment that by type of career or? you know, the, the, the occupation that the uh, people have because, um, you know, development work is obviously very mental. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I feel like especially, you know, probably a lot of your, your listeners when they were just developers for someone else, well, I don't know how actually they would feel. I just, I know when I became an independent developer, I just suddenly had a lot more interruptions in my life. And, so one of the things that I needed help with was uh, multitasking or really getting back into the flow of coding after an interruption. And that's something that I've ended up using meditation for personally. Um, yeah, it just it comes up. You can trace it back as a solution to procrastination, to um, as a way to kind of uh, get around multitasking. You, we see people use it for creativity, um, for getting in the flow is a big one, which everyone who's a coder should should uh, appreciate the value of it. And it's just it's this like um, kind of funny duality that does most of it. It's like one just being able to recognize the subconscious thoughts that are cluttering your mind. Some people call that monkey mind. And then being able to do something about it, to exercise control. And uh, so when we train meditation, Lyft actually has a whole section of guided meditations. Uh, when we explain meditation to people, we 
we think we explain it like weightlifting. So when you're weightlifting, you're just lifting a weight over and over and over again. But when you're meditating, especially the most common breath-centered mindfulness meditation, what you're actually training is recognizing when your mind has wandered and then exercising control to bring that your focus back to um, to your breath. And so a lot of people who are failing at meditation get really upset that their mind wanders. They think that means they're failing. But in fact, that's the whole point of meditation when you're treating it as a, as a performance practice is that you want to catch your mind wandering. The more times you can catch your mind wandering, the more repeti repetitions that you do, the stronger you get at becoming aware and then uh, exercise and control. And that's what, I mean, that's the secret to mental performance. Does that make sense? I was actually losing my train of thought as you're going through there, so I need to, uh, I need need to actually, uh, I, I do need to actually put that down as one of the habits on lift, and uh, I I am really into meditation. I, I, I'm trying to do it, but uh, clearly some of the other goals are getting a little bit in the way, and uh, how, yeah, how many how many um, goals do people tend to on average uh, set on the lift app? You know, I would say we would recommend five to eight. And that's a number that you can keep track of. It usually means that you'll have at least one or two that you're making progress on every day. And that keeps you in contact with all your other goals. Um, we definitely have some group of uh, Lyft users who are tracking somewhere between 50 and 100. And I think of those people as just, you know, sort of obsessively organized. And that's a valid use as well that, um, you know, kind of, Put together every aspect of your life and really uh, stay disciplined to it. But I think for the average user, and this is you know how I use Lyft, is I try to stay focused on five to eight important things at a time. So you mentioned something in our chat earlier, which was procrastination, and uh, I just want to appeal to the Appster tribe who are uh, thinking about or uh, working on an app idea that's taking them months and months and months to actually get. Uh, any kind of prototyping now is it true that you built the first iteration of uh, of lift within four hours not four hours six, like uh that's an interesting almost you know <laughs> right. the uh um i just i was uh i saw a talk about gamifying every aspect of life and it suddenly dawned on me if i could build an app that gamified my own life that I would be able to uh, get, you know, sort of uh, get rid of procrastination in my own life. And so the app, it's, you know, the original app uh, started out as, um, uh, you know, sort of a burst of inspiration. But the inspiration was to get rid of procrastination everywhere else because you can't rely on inspiration every day. You know, when it hits, take advantage of it, but you really want to organize the rest of your life to not not rely on that. And um, I think I coded for, you know, I had, luckily my spouse was out of town. So I think I coded, I had like three straight 20 hour days of just nonstop coding because I couldn't, I was so taken with this idea. And, uh, you know, I always build the first version of something for myself, which, you know, I'm a big believer in kind of a MVP of like having a minimum viable product. And to me, that first MVP is for yourself because there's so much of the product that you get to leave out because, you know, you just, 
you just know conceptually that you know you don't have to explain it to a new user. A lot of the concepts can kind of remain abstract in your head, and um, and then you know I never know if something is a good idea or a bad idea until I I use it, and uh, and that's why for me that MVP is so important. And then um, you know I never really have a, a sense of whether or not. Uh, other people are going to like it until I see them use it. And uh, so I'm just always in a rush to get some version out to other people. Um, I don't know, do, are you, like it's pretty common, people are afraid to, to actually put their app out, out to other people. Is that something that you hear? Yeah, I mean, we've we've yeah. had so so many of the guests say, you know, like just um, a few episodes before you, we had a guest uh, who had seven years in the making for his idea. Oh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just want to, you know, take this moment to re- reiterate to the audience that, you know, here you are, your wife goes out of town. I mean, that is a, a very productive three days because you've <laughs> created an app which has taken the world by storm. And you know, you were talking yeah. about hundreds of thousands of uh, different uh, habits. And it just shows, you know, what what we can achieve if we really try and build something for our own. Because uh, I guess I guess you built it for yourself, really first. Yeah, you know, my my favorite review of anything I've ever built uh, is um, the company before this had built a kind of a create your own social network uh, company. It was web based and ended up selling a, a lot of it to conferences. But the when I first put out a release, um, someone reviewed it and they said, this looks like it was built by a 13-year-old with a learning Rails book. And I just like, I, I just like, I, at first I thought it was a super harsh assessment, but then I realized that I just like, I had done it completely right, is I had put a test out there with really the, just the bare minimum. And from that test, I could see what worked and what do, what didn't work, and uh, you know, ended up building uh, a business that lasted for you know uh, four years uh, based off of just the one positive signal we got in that test. So I just like I I can't stress enough the value of of putting something out to a small group of people because you know if you're obsessed with perfection. Like, that's how you get there, right? That, um, uh, you know, perfection comes from refinement and you can't refine something without feedback on it. Yeah, that's one of the big long-standing themes throughout this whole series, 170 plus episodes, is that uh, do a minimum viable product, get it out, but get uh, feedback on it as much as you can. And I'm guessing uh, that you, uh, did you pivot at any point in time? That's another big thing uh, to take oh, yeah. something that's working and pivot. Oh, yeah, a bunch of times. I mean, the, I, you know, it's one of our investors has this saying, it, it took him 10 years to become an overnight success. And I feel like it's very lifty with this, like, self-improvement company for us to be as honest as possible about uh, the hard work that goes into success. So the history of Lyft is for an entire year, it was just a personal project that was working for me and not working for anyone else that I showed it to. And uh, eventually, I showed it to my old boss, Evan Williams, who's you know now pretty well known as the founder of Medium and of Twitter and of um, 
of Blogger, but he had been my boss before and he had just left Twitter and I wanted his advice. I kind of told him conceptually what I wanted to do and I said, you know, I built this thing, it works for me, but it doesn't work for any other people. And I told him, you know, how it worked for me and he just became obsessed with it. And he said, listen, you know, we should team up. I'll help you with the product side of it. We'll figure out a way to do it. And so then we spent a year working together to try to, um, find some way to take my kind of interesting project and make it, uh, you know, something that anyone would like. And that, you know, that was a series of pivots that kind of, first of all, we pivoted away from gamification, tried to make it more social. I mean, for our scenario, the sort of the fantasy of, of a game didn't work because in self-improvement, people already have a fantasy based on their own life. And if you can kind of, make that more real for them is more motivating than anything that we'd ever done that was gamified. And then we pivoted from the web to mobile and we started on mobile because, or we started on the web because it's where I was most comfortable and I felt it was the fastest place to prototype. But just it like that really didn't make sense until we moved it to mobile, which made it more contextually appropriate. And then it also made it like forced us to really simplify what we were doing. And um, then, you know, I would say again, like we're almost in, uh, it might feel a little bit like a pivot, what's going on right now, where uh, you know, we have an app that's working and it's popular, but it, it's not, it needed one more thing in order to really work as a business. And so we're about to uh, launch a marketplace of coaches where we've been recruiting uh, coaches or Lyft users who've been successful and offering them a chance to be coaches. And um, it looks like we're almost, you know, we're getting ready to unleash you know, an army of almost 25,000 coaches on the world coaching, uh, you know, maybe, you know, 10, 15,000 different goals and, uh, you know, doing it at a, a price that turns Lyft into a real business, but also makes coaching, you know, really, uh, accessible. So, so we're planning to do the first wave of coaching at fourteen ninety nine a week. Which, if you've ever like, if you've ever considered a coach before and actually seen the actual price of you know hundreds of dollars just to you know sit with someone for an hour, uh, I think think you'll realize how you know how accessible we can make coaching. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, that's the one point I wanted to talk about because. Uh, it's how we came to get you on the show. Uh, you you uh, kindly uh, emailed me and I sat through the uh, webinar uh, on coaching. Uh, a f- fascinating uh, webinar, yeah, really interesting. And uh, and so everyone listening right now, if you want uh, a p- potential uh, revenue stream, if you you want to do some yeah. extra coaching, then uh, check out the lift and the coaching aspect of it. And I'll put some links in the show notes uh, on theappguy.co. Uh, on your episode, episode 172, Tony. So I'm curious uh, how, in your world, do you, do you consider what we're doing a pivot or just an expansion? It, probably an expansion. It seemed a very uh, sensible one because it just seemed right. a, a really good fit, uh, you know. And I think one of the big challenges uh, is that uh, convincing a lot of people that they have it in them to be a coach uh, because there's this uh, almost... Um, imposter syndrome that we all suffer from uh, you know my feedback on this podcast from the early days was pretty poor and uh, I felt you yeah. know I, 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 maybe I haven't got a podcast in me but here we are on 172 episodes and uh, you, you just 
it's, it's trying to encourage people to overcome the imposter syndrome, I think, is the, the clear adv- uh, challenge you have probably in, in getting people into the, the coaching side of it. Is that is that fair? I've been really surprised by how many people have uh, have made it to be coaches. You know, I think I think a lot right now in terms of funnels. And so if you think of the start of the coaching funnel as someone signs up for Lyft, and then we're only approaching people that have achieved success in Lyft. So then you know the funnel the funnel narrows, right? It's like you know, we had to return them person had to actually demonstrate success and um, and then we send them an email which anyone who's ever sent an email before knows that that's a big drop off in the funnel you know how many what percentage of people are even going to see that email and that email says hey you know it looks like you've been successful in this goal um, you know we found that that expertise can be really helpful to other people would you consider you know paying it forward sharing it with other people uh, if you would would you come to this training that we're only offering you know basically at a time that's convenient for me personally you know that fits into my schedule so we've been offering these trainings at 10 a.m pacific time um like once a week and uh every time we've sent this email out it basically the the funnel narrows down to one percent of lyft users who uh sign up for the app will end up being a coach, which is just actually a crazy high number if you think about it, right? Yeah, what, what sort of number? I mean, I don't know how many users uh, are using Lyft, but I can imagine it's uh, pretty high. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why we think we're going to have tens of thousands of coaches. I mean, today we have 200 because uh, we've sort of slowly been rolling it out to various subgroups. Um, but it really, to us, it looks like we're going to put just thousands and thousands out in the world. And, uh, you know, I think what attracts people is that there's a lot of, there's not a lot of opportunities in the world to actually make a difference in people's lives. So, yeah, it is a, it is an extra stream of revenue. And, um, you know, we have a couple dozen coaches that are making, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month right now. Uh, but, uh, I, the feedback we always get back is just that, you know, they've never had more fulfilling work. And that was kind of my takeaway with Lyft and my big goal in starting the second company was, uh, you know, I wanted to feel like I wasn't wasting my time here on earth, right? That uh, when, um, uh, and that's, you know, that's been the effect of running Lyft for me. It's just a constant stream of people saying, that we help change their life. And, uh, you know, look, I've like, I've gotten good feedback on other projects, but no feedback that said that before. And, you know, that's the feedback we get from coaches is that, you know, no matter how successful they've been in some other part of their life, you know, they've never had a chance to like really, um, really do something as meaningful as, you know, change someone's life. Well, I mean, you've changed, uh, as I say, my life in in the the start and, uh, I'm sure that uh, th- hundreds of thousands of people feel the same. And and so there's two more things we'll try, try and squeeze in before uh, we say sure. goodbye, Tony. What One is that, uh, you know, you're someone who has worked alongside, uh, as you say, Evan Williams, the founder yeah. of Twitter, and uh, y- you must have a few ideas. We'd love to try and flesh out an, an idea for an app uh, from you. 
if you if you have a, an idea that you can share with us, then great. I do. Okay, let's go for it. What, what's your this idea? This is my this is my funny one. Like it just doesn't. Um, uh, I it doesn't jive with what I do, you know, with Lyft, and it's a little bit cynical. But I actually personally would really like it. It um, internally or like when I talk about it with friends, we call it uh, fake friend. And the idea is that it um, automatically sends out, you know, the birthday messages on uh, Facebook and uh, stars, likes, and favorites uh, your friends' posts across various social networks. And just makes you be a really supportive uh, friend. And uh, does that make sense? Okay, so... Because I've actually got quite a few apps that uh, have the word fake in them, you know, like fake, uh, Faker Byte is one of my popular ones. And uh, so, so I'm really into this. So are you saying then uh, you you become a fake friend by sending out all these fake uh, congratulations and birthday messages? Yeah, I mean, it's just the basic idea is to have an, a- an agent working on your behalf. You know, technically, that's what you're thinking of is building an agent who works on your behalf. And it's like, you know, things that I noticed, like, I don't I don't check my Instagram. And like, that's the most popular social network that just doesn't work for me. I don't have time for it. And so all of my friends that are active on Instagram, I just have really no contact with them. And uh, I just like a light bit of contact across the world, uh, you know, across the world of my social network to, you know, just keep, you know, keep everyone, uh, you know, in touch. You know, I just, you know, really what the, I think to me that, first of all, two things. I think this app would be successful. Like everything I know about social media marketing is that like this would really improve your presence across your social networks. But then at a personal level, what it does is it just addresses this anxiety that I have that by working as hard as I do, that I might lose all my friendships. And because uh, I just, you know, I, I don't have time. I don't, I don't get on my birthday messages out. I don't see everyone's posts. I don't comment on posts. I don't star posts. I don't like posts. I'm just not as active as I would be if I wasn't running my own company. And um, so there, there's an idea. Well, I, I love that idea because what I work very hard on doing is I send out personal audio messages to people uh, randomly or people that follow me. Yep. And and the feedback I've had is just phenomenal. You know, getting a personal yep. audio message from, from me, for example, when they've followed me or they've uh, commented on a uh, something is is just blows them away, and and so I would love a way of scaling that up, uh, right? Somehow, but uh, not to the st- extent where you can just tell it's a bot or an automated response because they just turn people off. So yeah, I feel that there's an app idea here. You're talking to a bunch of indie app developers, so hopefully someone's going to take that board on board. And uh, uh, I, th- I think it's a good indie app because you know there's a niche market that you can charge for it, and if it was ever done at any like major sort of venture scale it would just have the effect of getting blocked right you kind of want to fly under the radar enough that people aren't suspicious and that the major services aren't trying to shut you down yes yeah i love it okay well that's a great uh, app idea so the final thing is uh Tony, like the opposite of lift <laughs> slightly yeah uh, yeah um wasn't expecting that one but as you say i mean we, we value your ideas uh so the 
final question then is uh, as someone who has a busy life and uh, you're uh, obviously loving apps could you give us an idea of any apps that you're using right now on your smartphone uh, that maybe we've not heard of uh, so you know some one or two apps that you could perhaps uh, tell us about uh, absolutely um so let's see so i'm i've got my screen in front of me uh I did, you know, I did switch over uh, to Sunrise for my calendar. Um, I'm a big fan of, uh, I mean, this is funny, you don't hear people say that they're fans of calculator apps, but I'm a big fan of numerical, which is like kind of uh, keeps a history of everything that I've typed in, which is this like really simple additional feature that just makes it like, makes eyeballing whether or not you've made a mistake a lot easier. Um, but for the most part, I actually really simplified my app usage. Uh, I was using a lot of different apps that I was, I just crammed all of those use cases into Evernote. So I'm probably a huge Evernote user compared to most people. I moved my to-do list in there. Um, my book, most of my bookmarking moved into there and a lot of my drafts moved in there. Um, so I like, you know, the, the kind of apps that I would like to see actually are more, um, you know, clients for Evernote, people who actually get, um, you know, really high quality user interface, uh, design, um, uh, sort of like, I love the draft mode of medium and, uh, you know, I'd love to have that for Evernote. And then there's one more, which I think a lot of people probably know about, but it seems like they've forgotten, but. I, I'm a big Prismatic user, which is essentially my feed reader. And uh, I just, I got tired of subscribing to specific feeds and I'd rather subscribe to uh, specific topics. And so Prismatic, that's basically how it works. It, it goes and finds articles on the, to on the topics that I like. Well, I have to say it's a very ironic end to the show because uh, I, I did start off by saying you were among one other app that was the most mentioned app and that's Evernote. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then, you know, here's the founder of Lyft uh, saying he uses Evernote all the time. So that's uh, just reinforcing obviously the, the that app. Now, uh, we did have a guest on the show previously who uh, had an interview with the, the founder of uh, Evernote and uh, he's offered the, the transcript to that interview uh, to anyone listening. So uh, I'll put that again on the show notes. Uh, so if anyone is interested in that. And, uh, and Tony, it just leaves me to say thank you very much. Do you feel like we've um, done justice for Lyft and covered all the aspects that we should have done in the, in the chat? That yeah, we this was awesome. I love talking to you about apps and, uh, you know, certainly love to talk to anyone else who you know, wants to talk about um you know, making it, you know, getting their app out in the world. I think it's just, it's such a fun uh, career, uh, no, you know, no matter where you're doing it or what your goals are for it. This is a really fun way uh, to live your life. Yeah, well, we can only dream of uh, having a tenth of the success that you've had, Tony, but thanks for inspiring a lot of us. And I do tend to ask, you know, how the best to reach out to you. Obviously, you, you've said Instagram is the best way of uh, getting in No, touch. definitely <laughs> don't send me an Instagram. You know, I, it drives me nuts when people direct message me and like I get a lot of uh, messages via Quora and I'm just like, 
I just, I'm like, this is not my inbox, right? So I just tell people, email me. My email is Tony at lift.do, uh, lift.do. And um, I don't respond to all my email, but I respond to a lot of it. And I definitely read everything. And so if you're, if you're building an app that, um, that you want feedback on, you know, I'd be happy to see it and, and comment on it as, you know, if, if I can be helpful. Well, Tony, that is more than uh, we would ever have expected. So thank you so much for uh, offering the Apps to Tribe an opportunity to uh, review our apps. And uh, and it just leaves me to say all the best. Thanks for changing my life and, uh, you know, bringing us such an awesome app. And I would encourage people to go to theappguy.co, get uh, get downloading um, Lyft and certainly think about the coaching. Uh, and thank you, Tony, for joining us uh, on the App Guy podcast. Awesome, Paul. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. Everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that other people can use. The App Guy Podcast 